Obviously. On the prompt. Oh, we didn't have a safe word. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is September 25th, 2013. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have returned from my trip across the pond to join my good buddies with another episode of our show. Hello, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, Mike. It's good to it's good to hear you do the intro again. You did a great job last week, though. I enjoyed the show very much. And of course, that was also in part to Mr. Federico Petici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. Thank you both for holding the fault for me last week while I was away. Where were so, you uh, anyway? Hmm? Where were you? Where was I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in Portland at the XO XO conference and festival. Huh. Yeah, that that Dream sounds like a is alive in That is a gossip girl thing, right? Portland. Like a gossip girl meetup or something. Yes, yes, it's yeah. yeah. I knew it. <laughs> and uh I very much enjoyed the moment, Federico, where you stopped the show to inform the listeners of my arrival in America. <laughs> yeah, so when when we were recording, I don't I don't know if it came across in the final file, but like he when he interrupted me, I I kind of panicked. I was like, oh, like did Tim Cook get hit by a car? Like, did we totally screw something up? And it's like, <laughs> no, Mike is IMing us about <laughs> he's in Canada. Yep, because I think that it's important that you guys know these things. I, th- yeah. I think the most yeah. important takeaway is that now the three of us have a safe word. Oh, yeah. We can't share it, but we have one. With mm-hmm. a safe, like, phrase. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it's more like a safe explanation. <laughs> that only I can give. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that, but, but yeah, maybe it's safe for me. So I guess we're cool, yeah. <laughs> So was the was the conference okay? Was it? I I saw many tweets about it. It was. I had a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It was. Uh, some of the talks were were really great. Um, I particularly enjoyed Marco's talk. Oh, the one about about the, the his new upcoming uh, app, Overcast. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, that that was really fun um, because obviously it was all about podcasting and stuff. So it was nice to hear all of that and. He had some really good thoughts there, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited um, about his app, but also just the future of podcasting in general. And uh, yeah, I had a really good time. Uh, if if I can, I will definitely go again next year. Cool, a lot of fun. I should uh, pay attention to my. So I, I, you know, people apply, and I basically did it like from my phone in a parking garage or something, and like just. I was in a bad mood, and like I, I really regret now not doing a good job on my application. I mean, if I'm going to get rejected, I should get rejected for real reasons, not because I typoed something on the phone. Yeah, you did you? When did you apply? You applied much later than me and Matt did. Uh, I did the the initial day, but like that evening. Oh right, okay. Uh, uh, sorry, guys, I'm not I'm not following. You apply for what? So. Basically, they there were five hundred passes to XOXO. Oh, so it's not open to everyone. It is open to everyone. The way that they did it is <laughs> if they let you in. <laughs> well, no, they they kind of they actually spent some time. So it's like it's it. open like Android. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm going to explain it. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, because it's, it's been getting a lot of flack, especially okay. in the last few days. So just ba- like Android. So yes. sorry. So basically, anybody can go to XOXO. 
But what they wanted to do was to to ensure that everyone that went makes something. So that's the whole thing. Like you you make something, whether that be audio, maybe you you write a website like Mac Stories. They because they had had some problems with people that were just trying to go to sell stuff to these people, right? Mm. And because they had such a limited amount of seats, they wanted to ensure that. So what they did was they were approving everybody um, in the order of which they applied. They would start looking at people. They would look at, and they felt that they could look at the application and you could, if you could see something that somebody had made, because you'd put like a URL in there and you can go there, they would go there and be like, yes, this person definitely made that thing. Mm -hmm. Then you would be accepted. They weren't like, oh, we don't think that you make the right thing or whatever. As long as you made something that fit the ethics. So it was like Hmm. you were an independent creator of some description. Um, You weren't just like a marketing guy trying Mm -hmm. to sell his new thing to everybody that was there or whatever like seo tools or whatever so that's the idea of it so, so are they saying that steven is not enough of a maker no he just might have applied too late so uh, when uh, it, uh, uh, i probably botched my so it'd be, so <laughs> what did you write because <laughs> well, i applied i applied like two two and a half hours after the deadline opened and i was accepted on the lot i was one of the very late last exceptions on the last day that they were taking things so yeah so, probably I, applied too so late. Ne- next year i'm gonna get on that mm-hmm. um it's it's really cool i think i mean i've talked to a couple people who went and i feel like it has the same sort of vibe that you get at wwdc but sort of broader you know when you're in san francisco for an apple event it's just the apple people there but XOXO has people who like make chairs and like backpacks and like all sorts of mm-hmm. crazy, like it's not Apple centric. Uh, it may seem that way from our filter because I only follow Apple centric people, but it's much broader than that is the sense that I get. Steven, next year we're going to make something together. We, we make something together now. Like yeah, a baby. Make some- <laughs> <laughs> Mike, why do you, do you have to end my jokes? <laughs> <laughs> That's very I'm uh, um, British of you. Is it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, it was good. Next year we're gonna make something. We're gonna apply. We're gonna go. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna hit the bars in San Francisco. Oh, is it San Francisco? Is it Seattle? What what Portland. is it again? Portland. Portland. Yeah. Portland. The dream of the nineties yeah. are alive. Nice, nice. Portland. Okay. So yeah, XOXO gossip, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have nice. some follow up. Follow up. We do. So last week, I uh, I said that Evernote had thousands of employees. That's, <laughs> that was maybe a little over the top, yeah. They have about 330. <laughs> I got a lot of notes about that, including from Evernote employees. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, you know who you are, who corrected me. So thank you. Um, I mean, Evernote's still big, 300 people's, you know, it's awesome. Um, not thousands, not yet. So I wanted to correct that. Uh, We also wanted to touch on iPhones. Uh, Apple announced uh, Monday of this week that they have sold 9 million phones the first weekend, which is uh, a all-time record and not by just a little bit. Uh, Hugely successful launch. The the 5S is back-ordered until October. You can still get most of the 5Cs uh, basically in two to three days, Um, but hugely successful. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering if they'd be able to do that. And, uh, I mean, Federico, your graph really showed it. Like, this was a lot bigger than previous weekends. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, I'd be curious to know, 
I, I, well, I don't think that Apple will, will ever say that, but the breakdown of sales between the 5C and the 5S, that'd be really interesting to know, but I guess we'll never see it because the way that Apple gives these numbers, it's just iPhones. It's not different models. I mean, they, they've never done that in the past for the 4S and the 5 and all the other models. So Did they break? They didn't do that for iPads either, like the mini and the yeah. regular size. They didn't break them out, did yeah. they? I mean, you can kind of a Simco your way to it, but we're never going to get Tim Cook saying we sold out of the nine million for you know four million were yeah. yellow five Cs. Yeah, because because then S's. people because the, after, if if Apple did that, they're gonna some people are gonna say, hey, so the the five C is a failure and, and Apple is doomed and and all the other things that they say, and we don't well, want that. So yeah, which is really interesting because Apple's actually much more open about their returns or uh, you know about their earnings than most companies like if people yeah it could be great if apple sent out a pie chart um but they don't but they they do i mean amazon doesn't very famously doesn't say how many kindles it sells it's like but apple gives you a, a very exact number of how many iphones overall um but you know clearly people want this phone i think the 5s is um at least in our circles much more popular um Mike, you have now spent time with both, correct? I have, yeah. So kind of quickly, like, what are your thoughts? Especially, like, I'm really interested to talk about the 5C, like how it feels in the hand. Does it feel bloated or big? Or kind of what are your impressions? So the 5C feels very nice to hold, and it's the return of the curved back um, of, of the phone makes it feel that way. You know, that it's not there's not sharp edges on the back of the phone. They're, they're, so, they're soft and sort of rounded. Um that feels comfortable, but also the comfortableness, comfortability, comfort <laughs> of it <laughs> comes from the fact that it's it's warm to the touch, like it's not metal, so it's right. like you know, so not like temperature warm, but like room temperature, like yeah, it's it, it feels maybe more organic. Uh, yeah, I was gonna yeah, organic's a good word. I was gonna say natural, but that's not right because plastic doesn't grow but um it's not okay no but it just feels less like uh crafted machined and sculpted like it's it just feels like an overall nicer body the colors and the consistency of the color and stuff is excellent so there is a blue iphone 5c in my house at the moment because i upgraded for my mum so i thought i would help help her out with that um the iphone 5c is noticeably heavier than the 5 like it's a lot heavier, so I looked it up and it's um, twenty grams heavier than the five S. Um, and how, how does that relate to the f- to the four S? I don't know. Stephen, do you know what grams are? What do yeah, you it's how America? you buy drugs. Hmm. I think it's grams. That's a good point. I think it was grams that I looked at. I looked in um, the textbook. Uh, so, so I'm looking at it now. The five S weighs. 112 grams the 5c weighs 132 and the 4s weighs 140 so it's it's in between the 4s and the 5s as you as you'd imagine but when it was the first thing that i noticed when i picked it up was was how heavy it felt like i was like whoa this is surprisingly heavy yeah well i mean it's much closer to the 4s than than the 5 um but also interestingly i mean have you got any other questions about it I really, my only other specific question is how do the buttons feel like it is the the silent ringer Switch feel good? Do the buttons feel good, or do they feel cheap? They feel fine. I mean, they're they're obviously made of plastic, but they feel as sort of 
part of the device as the current ones do. So where you know they the ones on the iPhone five feel like it's metal with metal, they feel like plastic with plastic. Like it's a comfortable fit. They they all work fine. They didn't feel like they were like wobbly or whatever. They feel like part of the device still. So I I didn't find that personally. But you know I've only pressed them a few times. Right, using them in daily use might show some differences, but um, I've I thought that they were fine. Federico, do you have any questions at all? I don't have any questions. I'm just jealous of you. There's not as many, you know, there's not as much to really know about it. Like, it looks good and it feels good. I mean, I mean, that's kind of all you really need to know about the 5C. I, I I'm, really up, I'm really upset that Apple didn't put Italy, Italy in, the, in the, you know, in the launch countries this yeah, year. Yeah, it surprises me because, like, you know, I don't really see why they would choose other um, European countries and not Italy as well. Um, it's one of the major European countries. It's, it's it's strange. Does Spain get them on launch day? I don't think because so. I know that France and Germany do. Yeah, and I can't remember if Spain does. But I mean, Spain has no economy, so it's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they are in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. The the main takeaway that I have from the five C is that I wish the five S was in that was in that case. I, really? I, yeah, I really do prefer it. Just as like, I think it looks, it looks very different. To say it looks nicer is maybe not accurate, but I think I actually prefer it at the moment. Like the 5S is really nice. It might just be because it's new, you know, so I'm drawn to it because it's new. I don't know. But I really like the bright colors um, and it's very comfortable to hold and it still looks good. Like the 3G and the 3GS didn't really look that amazing, but they were comfortable. But I think the 5C does look very good. Um, I had a couple of observations of uh, my mother using iOS 7. Okay. If you'd like to hear them. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that was so interesting to me was this is the first time she'd used iOS 7, and I gave her the phone, and she wanted to look for a picture, and she just tapped instinctively just tapped the photos icon. Like, mm. even though it entirely changed, she didn't miss it. It was kind of strange to me. Well, so, I mean, was it? It was it in the same place. I was going to say so. It before it, it, yes, it was. But I was surprised that it did, still didn't confuse her because she's not like a you know, she's not very, you know, very very well versed in her phone. Like she's not, she's not like super techie. You should go mm-hmm. get her, put her on the show. I'm not going to do that. Um, there was, and then she came home today after having used the phone for the whole day, and she had one thing that she was like, I need you to help me because I can't read anything on my phone. <laughs> because problem. the text was too small? Yeah, because well, hmm. it's too fine as well. So uh-huh. she couldn't see it clearly enough. So I've turned, I've made, I've gone into accessibility and given her the bold text now. Which makes the phone, you have to restart the phone for that, right? It rebooted it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, now, now with that, she's much, she's much happier. And you you bought a 5S, correct? Yes. That's your carry phone now? Here it is. Have you uh, set it to unlock with your toe? No, not my toe, just my fingers and thumbs. So, do you want to hear about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's been covered in a lot of shows, but I mean, again, what are what you, are you impressed with it? Are you frustrated with it? Kind of what do you think? The it actually works pretty well. I mean, I have had a couple of instances where it hasn't worked for me. So like if I touch, yeah, it just did it now. So if I 
tried to unlock my phone with the side of my finger. It doesn't unlock. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but sometimes if the phone's on my desk or whatever, I just press it with the side of my finger and it won't unlock then. Like, um, naturally, because it's not my fingerprint. But when when you get that, it's a bit like, that's annoying. Um, but if I'm trying it with, you know, the correct part of my finger or thumb, no problem. Unlocks. And it's pretty snappy. It's faster than I would have expected it to be, in all honesty, as most people have said. Um, the home button feels weird. Because it's not... Because it's basically flat? No, the actual mechanical press is different. And I don't think I like it. Well, yeah, I mean, they got a little guy back there taking pictures of for you, so... Exactly. You're squishing him down. <laughs> It's it just feels hollow, hmm. um, and and a bit more mechanical than the other buttons did. And I know it's because there is something mechanical in there, you know, more than there was before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it feels it feels strange. I've also got an interesting rattle inside my phone. No, that's fine. So I don't, I don't know if you can. What's oh, that? Yeah. Could you hear that? Yeah. So if I tap just below the lens, the camera, it makes that rattling noise. It's the and vibrator. I, and I, yeah, and I found out that the five, the five does it too, but it's just not as prominent. Now everybody's tapping his phone. Right? But I only noticed this because I can feel it if I move the phone around too much. So I picked it up and I felt something. And I was like, "That's weird. What's shaking?" So I, t- I thought it was the SIM card. Took that out. It's not. But yeah, it, it could be the vi- the vibrator. I don't know. It's un- it's underneath. It's directly underneath the camera lens. If you just tap the metal part there. Um, so you're rattling the little guys around. Indeed, with the little people that live inside my phone. One observation that I have from from seeing uh, a bunch of these in the wild now is I wish I bought the Space Gray. It looks really... Uh, so I spent some time with the Space Gray uh, this weekend. We had a family member who bought one, and it's really nice looking. And I think Federico and I maybe spoke about this, how it sort of is reminiscent of the original iPhone. And holding it, seeing it, that color, like that's what it brought me to immediately, and I think it's a great thing. I still, I still hold that the original iPhone is probably the most handsome one they've done. Um, and I think it'll age. Blackjack. I think it'll age a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm than the black, you know, the white and silver is fine, but I mean, it's not too much of a problem for me because I'm going to be putting it back in the the Mophie case today, so I only see the faceplate anyway. Um, you so, keep your phone in a case. Yeah, a battery case because the iPhone battery is not sufficient to last a day for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't manage to do that. So what couldn't manage to have the battery or a case? I uh, having a case on the phone. I don't I, want I, it. I, I have an I have an um, like a, a portable battery pack that that I keep in a little purse and that I carry around. <laughs> serious. I'm serious. It's I have purse. I have one of those in my rucksack too, but it's not always um it does that doesn't always work for me when I'm when I'm at the office. Trust me, if I didn't have to have this case on it, then I wouldn't. But in my situation, um my my phone would be dead just after lunch most days. So mm-hmm. that's because you're playing Angry Birds in the bathroom at work all day. Well, just all Angry Birds all day. No, he's, he doesn't play Angry Birds. He plays the the game with the <laughs> with the hair salon. The hair salon. Oh yeah. Talk about a hair salon too, I think. Oh yeah, from episode one. Uh huh. Nice. Yeah. Um we we have a little bit more follow up and and they're all Federico related as you okay. might imagine. 
Awesome. Okay. Um, the first one is Federico. You were on Mac Power Users episode uh, one fifty six. Yeah. And apparently, Mrs. Mac Sparky really likes you. <laughs> but that's not that's not what you should be worried about. Okay. Because in this week's Back to Work, Merlin said, and I wrote it down, that your voice is quote caramel and chocolate having an Italian baby, <laughs> and that you were quote melting in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> want to do show notes <sighs> sat down with federico uh to talk about editorial uh and it's a it's a really good interview and boy does he boy does he his his voice is like if if caramel and chocolate had, a, had an italian baby mm. oh god wow. so pretty he, he, he's melting in my mouth that guy whoa yes yes i'm not, not anything i'm proud of Mac Power wow. so that's clearly you, you maybe you need a little uh conversation with merlin uh, uh, I don't know that he's too old for me. Even if I okay, let, let's just move on to to the next thing that I did wrong, please. Uh, this is already too awkward. Okay, well, so we'll just move right on. We'll just leave that there. Um, uh, the last piece of uh, feedback. But, but, uh, I'm sorry, Stephen. I just want to say thanks to. To, to Merlin for bringing up my book and, and mentioning my, my editorial stuff. I really appreciate that. Oh, I didn't, so, I didn't hear any of that. I, I kind of blacked out after he talked about oh, your Oh, hey, thanks, man. You, you really care about me. <laughs> I was worried about you. <laughs> okay. Um, the last bit of follow-up is uh, from when we were discussing your editorial review. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, mo- uh, the Modern Scientist on Twitter... Uh, sent this. It's a really great article from Slate. Um, yep. Talk, talking about basically talking about paying attention and how people don't read long things and mm-hmm. how we're all going to die. Yeah, uh, I guess eventually we we, we do. But uh, but um, I think that uh, there are many quotes that that I could uh, copy from from that article. But I guess the the thing that really struck me is that the point of being able to and having i guess a, a i guess a, a place where you can where you can reflect on topics that just can be summed up in 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 a, in a tweet or maybe a couple of sentences because you need you need the you need the page views you need the retweets you need people uh being able to 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 have an idea of what your article is about in just maybe a couple of paragraphs some things are too complicated and complex for that kind of reduction so you have to be uh, i guess uh, more uh, you have to to produce longer text so uh, maybe it's bad for the business or maybe and i guess this is the point maybe the business of of all these websites with uh, page view oriented uh, models maybe this business is wrong and maybe it's much better to educate people to 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 have uh, longer attention spans and and to be able to sit through uh, a document that maybe isn't as quotable as a tweet. Maybe it's something that you can't easily share on Twitter and and retweet and and I don't know what else that people do these days. Uh, but maybe it's it's a really great piece of text. Now I'm not saying that my review was an awesome piece of text. Uh, it's just in general I think that people should value the effort of other people who care about examining things for their depth so 
So yeah, thanks modern scientists for, for sharing the, the article. It was really good. Yep. So you agree with me? I do. You know, I mean, <laughs> thanks. I think that's a whole interesting topic on its own of attention span and what we're doing to ourselves and what our poor children will be like. But it's a topic for a different day. Mm-hmm. So um, I did nothing wrong this week. I don't know. So. Fall. Seriously? I think you're good. <laughs> yes. I think we'll pick on Mike later. So. Okay, Mike, you should you should talk about something awesome now. Do you think so? Is it the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the time. I agree with you, sir. So, should we take a moment to talk about our fine friends over at Squarespace? We love Squarespace, don't we, gentlemen? We love them. We do. Squarespace is the only one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio for a free trial and 20% off. During the month of September, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO9. So, Squarespace, let me tell you some awesome stuff that they do. They're always adding new features, new designs, and then making their support even greater. This is to make sure that no matter what type of website that you want to build, Squarespace can give you all of the tools that you need. If you want to create a blog, a site for your business, maybe you want to create an online store, or you know, maybe you want to, to do a portfolio of some description, well, Squarespace can give you all the tools that you need for that. They have beautiful designs that you can start working with. They have over 20 highly customizable templates that you can choose from that have won awards from institutions like the Webbies and Forbes, and they give you loads of style options so you can create a unique website for you or your business. So easy to use, Squarespace. I mean, I don't know anything about coding and, and all of that sort of stuff. I don't understand a lot of these things, but Squarespace, give me the tools that I need. But they're also on hand if you need any support, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They have over 70 employees based in New York that are able to be there for you if you need them. They also have some great knowledge base articles. They have some great tutorial stuff as well, so it can really help you get started if you need it. Also, every design features a unique mobile experience, so it's going to look fantastic on iPads, iPhones, even Android phones, if that's your bag. So your content's just going to look great on every device every single time. But if you want to, if you are a designer, you can develop your own template on top of Squarespace's solid infrastructure, so you can have a site that looks exactly the way that you want, and you don't have to worry about things like hosting, caching, installing software, or configuring a database. You can choose a content management system with Squarespace that will share your high standard of design, ensuring that your science will get a great, your clients and science will get a great experience while viewing your site. But you're going to get a great site in the back end as well. So it's going to look fantastic. So you have a great panel behind the scenes for which to do all of your stuff. And version control is built right in since every template is a Git repository. Hmm. Did you get that, gentlemen? Repository. Yeah. Okay, repository. Good. Yeah. good. I'm just checking. So yeah, yeah. I want you to go and sign up for a Squarespace account. You can go sign up for a free trial even. No credit card required. So you can start building your website right there. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code TALIO9. That's going to get you 20% off during the month of September. And it's going to show your support for the prompt and all the 5 by 5 So thanks so much to Squarespace. They give you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. So guys, uh, I wanted to ask you about a topic that is really dear to me. And that is um, 
in independent developers trying to make a living on the App Store. And I bring this up because uh, today uh, the guys at, and good friends at Real Mac, they posted on their, on their company blog that they had to kind of, you know, change their mind on the pricing structure uh, and their entire strategy for Clear, the, the to-do app that they make for, for iOS. So uh, their original plan was to remove the original Clear from the App Store and release it, uh, I guess, version 2 uh, as a new app for the iPhone and iPad, so universal, made for iOS 7 with iCloud Sync and everything. And to price it, uh, I guess it was uh, 3 bucks. So they did that and they received a huge backlash on the App Store. Mm. So they got many negative reviews from people saying, hey, these developers are trying to rip us off, uh, they, they are charging again. And these are all people that actually bought the app and then left the negative review. So just keep this in, in, in mind. So today, Real Mac announced that they're going to they're gonna change their mind. They're going to put the original clear back on the App Store, but sell it as an iPhone-only app and take clear, uh, I guess, the version 2. Rename it to clear plus because it's, a, it's the universal, you know, universal version and price it, I guess, higher than the regular clear for the iPhone. And now we are left with this discussion on Twitter whether Real Mac did the right thing or maybe the, they didn't have to change their mind because a, a bunch of customers were angry on the App Store. So uh, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you, what do you think of... Uh, I mean, this is a new topic per se. Uh, I guess it, it, it circles back to, to our previous discussion about upgrade pricing on the App Store. But it's, it really sucks when, when it happens to, to good guys such as the real Mac folks. So I wanted to, to pick your brain on this and, and, and see what you think. Allow me to start, if you will. Um, I don't think that the real Mac guys made the right call in either point, really. Um, I think that I bought the new Clear um, because I do really like those guys. Um, and I also wanted to have Clear on my iPad. But the problem that, that they had was um, Clear for iOS 7 got featured, right? It was one of mm -hmm. the, the design for iOS 7. When Clear for the iPhone um, didn't really have a lot different. I, I, I can't actually remember off the top of my head if there were any differences in the app, really. Uh, but but what it did was turn it into a universal application, right? Mm -hmm. But that was the kind of the main thing, right? Am, am I right in thinking that? Yeah. No, I guess they also added a bunch of new teams, but um, I guess the, the main feature set was the same, yeah. They, they added some teams and the iPad version. So the problem for customers is that they downloaded an application, potentially just for their iPhone, that mm -hmm. didn't actually look any different at all. It just had a new icon. So the problem that they faced with that was was that people were never going to be happy with that because to, to some people, you know, arguably they were not doing this, but it looked like they were just recharging, basically, and putting a new logo on the front. Because mm. if you don't have an iPad then and you just have an iPhone, potentially upgrading to clear for iOS 7, you don't get a lot out of it. Um, however, for people like me, I did want it on my iPad and now I have it on my iPad. So that's fine for me. 
Plus, I don't mind throwing a, a few extra pounds um, their way because I think that they do great work and I'm, I am a fan and user of Clear. But I just think that you you would be short-sighted to expect that you could do that and not have backlash from customers. Um, and then, to then have that happen and receive lots of one-star reviews, so you decide to change course, all you're done now is put everyone that has bought the app into the same position as the people that hadn't bought the app. So now Clear Plus is just going to continue to have bad reviews from everyone that now bought it, but now they would have got the same features in the update for Clear for iOS 7. So my opinion was that if they were going to do what they did, they should have stuck with it because now they're in a situation where they're going to have bad reviews. They could potentially have customers that now have two versions of Clear, so can leave bad reviews on both. Because if hmm. if you left a bad review on what is now Clear Plus because you'd bought Clear, well, Clear is just about to get an update. So now you have the ability to go onto the App Store and leave a one-star review for both Clear and Clear Plus in protest, which is what these people tend to do. Um, so my opinion on this on this is that they should have chosen a path and stuck with it. Stephen, what do you think? Um, I definitely see what Mike's saying, and I think that um, they were kind of already in maybe a not great situation, and then the user base put them in a really bad situation. And I don't envy their place in trying to make these decisions. I think, though, that a lot of people, um, because this has been in the news a lot, we've talked about it with Omni Group, especially in the past, in the recent past, um, might look at Apple and say, look, if you had update and a paid update mechanism in the app stores, this wouldn't be a problem. And that might be true and it might not be. I think in some cases it's, it's more clear than it is here. What I think this really shows though, is that, um, the iOS population yeah, the user base, the people who go to the app store and put these things on their phones, maybe aren't as civilized as Mike is. I, Mike, I did the same thing you did. I don't use Clear on a daily basis. My my wife does, so I, I bought it uh, for her because um, you know she has it on her iPad now. But I think that it really shows that there is there is a segment of the iOS ecosystem that while they will dump and burn tons of money into in-app purchase powered games like mm-hmm. Candy Crush, uh, for instance, whatever the scammy game app of the week is, um, that that's sort of disconnected from this world of independent developers that the three of us are fortunate enough to know and be friends with. And so I think maybe, to me at least, this situation was kind of eye-opening in that regard of like, oh, like... Uh, maybe the app store isn't as full, you know, isn't full of, of people who are just as like-minded as the three of us are. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, and, you know, I wrote a little thing about it and, um, you know, people are saying, well, you know, if you're upset about giving these guys another $3, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I, I agree with that. And for my like gleaming white tower of paying for apps, um, that's really easy to like point the finger and, and say, but clearly this show, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I got some, several people were like, really, you did a pun in your headline. Yes, I did. I'm pr- 
proud of it. Headlines are, should always be puns, in my opinion. Yeah, headlines are <laughs> the the playground for the writer. Um, but you know, I think it shows that the ecosystem is more varied than we think it is sometimes. And I mean, maybe they could have left the iPhone app, kept updating it, and released a separate iPad app. I think that probably would have been a better move. Um, I think that that. You, I think that that's what they should have done. I think but, you've but, hit that. But they didn't, and now they're stuck in this thing where like they're supporting two versions of the iPhone app, and I'm sure their technical debt just went through the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, and that that really like that like I feel for them. Like I know the guys too. Like that that really stinks. Yeah. Like um, this whole situation is something that I feel bad about and wish that they would that they didn't go through it. But I think it's the problem with you know it is kind of expecting that you think you know your user base, you know. But what you actually know is the people that talk to you, and it's the ones that don't talk to you, to the guys at Real Mac on a day to day basis, like through Twitter and stuff, which are the ones that are going to complain because they either don't understand or you know, or maybe they just don't understand the app ecosystem like we do. You know, mm-hmm. saying that oh, you know, you shouldn't say this, you're disgusting for saying this, you you don't want app developers to eat. But this is us assuming that they understand the app ecosystem the way that we do. Like, if I ask my mum how many people, like, how much money ex-developers made, she might have thought that they've made $17 million from selling yeah. the Clear app, right? So then, at mm-hmm. th- that point, it's maybe not... Do you, do you see what I mean? Like, we can't presume yeah, yeah. that they follow the same sort of knowledge patterns that we do, but then that also, unfortunately, puts developers in this situation where they need to make a choice i think yeah mike uh, i think that's really uh, really the point that i wanted to make is that i think that the problem is uh, is at the source that apple has created this sort of expectation from uh, i would say normal people that apps uh, sort of make themselves that there are maybe some people in the world making these apps and the apps are normally free, so you can just download them. And that's these people who make apps, they make money. So this sort of weird uh, idea that, that there are some people somewhere, maybe at Apple, some people are really confused from the whole concept of the App Store because, of course, they're not knowledgeable about the fact uh, and the difference between Apple and third-party developers. They don't know what WWDC is. So they just know that, that Apple has a phone that you have a phone that has an app store, that you go on the store and, and uh, there are the paid apps and you have to avoid the paid apps. Mm-hmm. And you, have to, you have to get the free apps because that's a much better deal. And maybe you're going you're gonna to have to deal with, with uh, advertisements and banners in the app, but you just can't ignore them. You can ignore them and, and move along with your day. So whenever there's a, there's a really cool app and maybe that's uh, a friend recommends that app and says, oh, you know, it's 99 cents. Okay, fine, I'll buy this app for 99 cents because my friend or maybe because a celebrity because Miley Cyrus said that this app is really cool so fine I'll buy an app for once so you buy an <laughs> app and, and then iOS 7 comes out and Miley Cyrus is all like oh no I love the new iOS 7 and you're like okay I'm gonna upgrade to iOS 7 but then you go on the app store and you see oh this is the app that, that I like and, 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 and you see it's designed for iOS 7 oh iOS 7 is the thing that I just installed so I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna get the app but and, and you see that it's that it's a paid app 
So you, you figure, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some new stuff because this phone is new. I have all these fancy new graphics and, and, and animations and everything is new. So, okay, I love this app because Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus once said that this app is great, so I'm going to get it again. You get it again and nothing has changed. So what happens now is that you have this really popular to-do app. And, and, and I guess it all, we also have to, to, to understand that Clear is popular uh, among normal people. It's not yeah. really like the omni-focus of, of to-do managers. Uh, it doesn't have, a, I guess, a, a, a restricted audience. It's really, really popular. And, and so you have all these normal people who buy the app again. And they don't care about real Mac. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, in a bad way. They don't care because they, they don't know about all this community of developers and, and bloggers and WWDC and getting together in San Francisco and getting drunk at night. They don't care. They just want their apps. So uh, they see this app. Nothing has changed. The developer just, got, just asked for three bucks and they leave a bad review. And I guess that uh, my conclusion is that everything sucks because... Um, because Apple has created this this idea of uh, of people cre- that create apps and games, and these people, m- according to 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 the average user, sometimes work at Apple, and sometimes they don't, and they make money. Because uh, I have talked to several friends of mine who are sure that people who make apps are like billionaires, swimming in champagne and, and drinking uh, fancy vodka. Um, they are not. They are not billionaires. Uh, we all know the, the stories of 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 uh, people like the, the guys who created Angry Birds. Those are one-time stories, success yeah. stories. Right. And, and uh, it's not like everybody who makes an app is is a genius and is a millionaire. It's the new Zuckerberg or whatever. They're not. They're just normal folks trying to make a living. So there's this, I guess, uh, dichotomy between people. And people like us, because we are nerds and we understand folks like Real Mac, like uh, like Tapbots, like like the Omni Group. These are developers of fine crafted apps, and they're trying to make a living. And Apple makes it difficult because they have no tools to to make the upgrade path. Uh, sorry for the pun. Clear, and um, and on the other hand. You have the, the average user who doesn't care about the independent, finely crafted app. He just wants his ugly, uh, quickly put together Angry Birds ripoff with advertisements. Uh, they don't care about the pixel perfect design. They just want to know what Miley Cyrus is using and they're going to download the app and they're going to leave a bad review and everything sucks. Yeah, what, what worries me, I mean. I'm sorry for my rant. No, no, no. It was spot on. Um, what worries me though is about the longevity of this sort of thing. Like, yes, today it was Real Mac. Two weeks ago it was Omni Group, and a couple mm-hmm. weeks it'll be someone else. Um, but what Real Mac talked about in their post, and what I talked about in mine, is like this just isn't sustainable. Like, if you have serious backlash, so much so that a company changes direction on a new product because they charged for it and they got blown up. That's seriously unsustainable. You can't expect developers. So let's, let's take uh, Twitterific, for example, Twitterific has been around since day one on the app store and they've had paid upgrades here and there, but can you imagine if they hadn't, they've been working on this app basically continuously since 2008 for free. 
that I paid them four ninety nine five years ago, and that entitles me to five, seven, ten, fifteen years of free software updates. That just doesn't work. And I think Apple needs to look long and hard at this. If they want iOS to continue um, to be a, a place where these developers not only come for the initial gold rush, but stay long-term, it just it just doesn't work. And I don't think you have to look any further than the Mac App Store to see this. You, you look at companies like the Omni Group who are in this really bad situation with their customers, and they're still in the App Store, but I can, I can very easily picture them not being in the App Store in the future. Um, but you can't do that on iOS. On the Mac, you have options. On the phone, you don't. And I, I just I worry that the the quality of apps, that the investment that developers make in them, will go down over time because they can't. There's no way to make money again. You, you can't mm-hmm. upgrade. Uh, and if you sell a new app, people go berserk. So there's there's no winning. The thing is though, like, why do we think that app upgrade pricing is the solution? Like, oh no, uh, and that's the point. That, I'm sorry, Mike. That's the point that I wanted to to connect to to what Stephen was saying. Um, I don't think that this discussion is uh, solely about uh, upgrade pricing. I think that what we need to remember is that Apple doesn't doesn't want to alienate developers and and create the perception that that making a living on the App Store is difficult and frustrating. They don't want to to instill that idea in 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 the next teenager who has the next great app and wants to make a living out of his dream. They don't want to to give that idea that it, that everything uh, sucks, like I said. That everything is difficult that that there are a million apps and and maybe it's too late because uh, now it's the App Store is full of apps and it's really difficult to 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 get noticed and and, and to be paid for for your work. So 6 years ago you could make a flashlight application. You can make a stupid fart app, and you you get you get all the money. And today, you you are real Mac, or maybe you are you have made perf- perfect weather, and you're struggling. And and is that fair? Uh, I don't think that it is fair. And and uh, do I think that Apple needs to do a better job at educating users towards quality software? Yes, I do. And and if that means giving developers the the tools for upgrade pricing, so be it. Give them those tools. And if that means giving developers better analytic tools to to understand how people find their apps, give them those tools. And Google is doing a much better job at this than Apple uh, uh, with the with the tools that they uh, announced at uh, uh, a few months ago at the Google I.O. I think that, that you have to remember that the people who make quality apps are the people that maybe they didn't get you here they didn't get you to this point with the iPhone and iPad being uh, amazing, su- an amazing success. But you you do want people who make quality stuff to be on your platform. You don't want that, those people to to have even the slightly remote idea that you, what you, what you have done with the App Store is frustrating and difficult and hard. And and and, and you have these people uh, trying to to reverse co- course and and changing their minds and strategies because everything is hard and and people are are really are really upset. Uh, you want to keep developers happy, and. Um, and, and, and I guess that this really strikes a chord with me because uh, 
I deal with developers on a daily basis, and, uh, and not just because I, uh, I write from a website and, and, uh, and I'm trying to make a living out of reviewing apps and, and, and writing stuff that sometimes is good, sometimes is not. It's really because I, I, I love watching people making things. Um, and I hate it when, when these people are struggling with the, with the hard reality that there is an expectation of software being crap. Being crap that is disposable and that that you can throw away uh, and that 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 supposedly is making other people rich and that that you can just download for free and and and, and trash when you're done. I would love to see. <laughs> I guess this is really a sort of a wild dream. I would love to see average people like my friends and my parents being able to understand that software is, can be. I wouldn't say art because that's the wrong term, but that it can be something that you can care about because other people like you made it. So this is a much bigger topic. Uh, In the short term, and and practically speaking, I think Apple needs to provide developers with better tools. Whatever they are. Whatever they are, whatever they are, if they are uh, tools to better respond to customer reviews or to see analytics or to 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 have some sort of upgrade upgrade pricing, uh, I mean, have you guys ever logged into iTunes Connect? I don't have an app of any. I don't sell anything, so uh, it's it's a mess. It's slow. Uh, sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's uh, it's simply unresponsive, and it looks like the kind of software that not even Forstall would have made. It's something like I don't know. Uh, uh, it's really bad, and. Um, and I think that uh, I don't know how Apple could uh, change the discussion and and uh, and let the world know that there are people who make apps that are useful and and beautiful and and and, and better than what you can find on the App Store that is made by some random dude who puts. Banners and advertisements in his app that is actually a ripoff of another app. I mean, there are so many, so many issues uh, with with the app store, and there are so many good things. It just sucks to see that the issues sometimes bec- become huge problems for people like Real Mac. Agreed. Great discussion. I'm sure we'll we'll be talking about that again next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that that I, I, I get carried away, but I really care about I really care about my. My developer friends and uh, and I and and I talk to to friends of mine here in, in Viterbo and they are not geeks or geeks or nerds or whatever you call them, uh, and I see them using all these crappy apps with 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 ads and banners and apps that they're really bad, and 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 I feel bad and everything sucks. <laughs> wow. And now I'm in a bad mood. Well, then I've got the perfect thing to cheer you up. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's our correspondence report. Correspondence report. This week we're joined by a very special guest to discuss uh, photo management on iOS. It's a topic that we've visited before here on The Prompt, but like we spoke about earlier, a lot of new iPhones on the market, people migrating their data. We thought it'd be a good time to revisit. Uh, our guest is Bradley Chambers, uh, probably best known for writing ChambersDaily.com and is a co-host on the Out of School podcast. Bradley, welcome to The Prompt. Glad to be here. It's a great show. Listen weekly, so I'm glad to be a part of it. So, uh, 
Bradley, you're just basically going to bully me for like 20 minutes, right? Is, is how I assume this is going to go down. Well, I, I think sometimes you just need tough love when you're making mistakes and you're kind of going down a path that leads you to destruction. We could call, this could be like an intervention. This like we, like we, uh, we, we love Federico's you, Mike. Dark. Hey, at least this time it's not about me. So that's true. Yeah. So, so Bradley, should, maybe it's best if I just if I explain um, what I'm doing at the moment with photos, and then maybe you can you can use the skills that you have learned and the the tools that you have crafted over time. Um, in, you know, because you've you've recently written a fantastic iBook called Learning to Love Photo Management. So if you can use those skills to tell me what I need to do. So does that sound good? That sounds like a plan. So at the moment, um, I take all of my photos uh, with my iPhone. That is that is my camera. I mean, I have a, a digital SLR, but I don't really use it. I use it for like that one family event every year that you need really good photos for, right? Like a, an important birthday or like a christening or something like that. But my day-to-day camera is my iPhone um, just because it's the one that I can get the best pictures out of most of the time, really, because it's the one that I know how to use the best. Um, since for Maybe for the last three or four years... Um, I have been taking my camera roll from phone to phone. Um, I currently have over three and a half thousand photos on my iPhone, um, and it's amassing to seven and a half gigabytes of data. Ugh. <laughs> my photos are backed up to iCloud because I pay for the uh, extra space. Mm. So I don't- are they? Yes. Are they? Yes, because I did an iCloud restore with my new phone today and they all found their way on there. Um, but they are also backed up. I, I can see that it tells me that not only is it on my phone, but I also have 7.5 gigabytes of uh, iCloud storage taken up. But the main reason that I want the help is not because there's anything wrong with that system per se. I have all of my pictures with me all the time, which I kind of like. Um, I don't need that, but I kind of like that. Um, the main problem is that um, a big chunk of my phone's available space, about a third of that now, is being taken up by my photos. And that is becoming, as time goes on, more and more untenable. So I need a new system of which to store my photos. So my kind of key requirements are that it is very simple, it is easy to a point, maybe even automated, uh, but I also want to be able to access them over the internet without having to have a computer on or something somewhere. Well, see, I, I have this kind of unique position in my day job. I work in, in a school, and so I deal with regular people all day long. Like, I don't I don't get to talk to – you guys are my tech friends, so I don't get to talk to, like, tech friends at work. Uh, we I deal with people who see technology as a means to an end but don't really care about the in-between. And so I kind of see what they see and see their problems – and so that's why I really I wrote the book. And, and it's funny, both books I've written, the first one was called Learning to Love Ever Know, and that's really more of a collection of a screencast series. And then the second one was Learning to Love Photo Management are really extensions of questions that people ask me. And so the first one was like people were asking me, how do you, you know, what do you use Evernote for? And so I got, I got, tired of doing the same thing over and over again. So I thought I would record it and have a, something to give to people. 
And I get more and more questions about their photos because what, what happens is with, um, you know, we get five gigs of free storage. Of course, if you're like Steven and I, you probably have 25 gigs because Apple keeps giving it to us for free. But I think that's about to run out. Um, and, and so what people do, they take pictures and they, they keep taking pictures. And, and so they hit their limit. And they, they hit the limit and, they, uh, and Apple, the phone says, well, you can't back up to iCloud anymore because, you know, you've run out of space. So you have three options there. You can either pay for more storage, like, like you've done, Mike. But I would say that you're the uh, minority. Most people, what they do is they either stop backing up to iCloud or they stop backing up their camera roll. And then they lose their phone in the lake and their photos are gone. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's what happens. And it, and I really think it's a problem for Apple that they need to address that, like, we have these problems. Because, Mike, the fact that you have to actually have this conversation with me, to me, is some ways a failure on Apple's part. Because they make these new phones. The new 5S has this incredible camera. But yet we have no long-term system that's built into the phone that, that just works. And so their solution is PhotoStream. But, Mike, do you know how PhotoStream works? Um, yeah, wait, it keeps the last thousand photos, right? But I think, like, <laughs> because the, the, the tagline is the most thousands recent photos or the last 30 days. But yeah, I will see people that have more than a thousand on their phone, supposedly, and it just, it's very confusing. And it doesn't work, uh, it doesn't really work with video. And then it just, it just doesn't work long term. Like, what are your long term storage needs? Like, if you, like, my youngest son was born in 2010, like, what's Apple's solution to take care of my photos of him for the next 15 years? And they largely don't have one. And that's the sad part. And I, I was hoping that my book would be Sherlocked with iOS 7. But it wasn't, and so maybe with iOS eight. So we, you know, we've at least got another year of really no built built in solution because I think that's what ultimately needs to happen. Um, and like I would really like to see iCloud be the total size of all your devices. So like if you have a hundred twenty eight gigabyte iPad, your iCloud should be one hundred twenty eight gigabytes, like just built in for free because we're paying a premium for Apple products, and so I think that should just be what they do. So, in the meantime, we have to come up with a solution that uh, allows you to easily get your photos off of your phone, allows you to back them up, but also allows you to enjoy them. Because I think that's like that was the key I was missing for a long time was like the enjoyment of my photos. Because we take so many photos nowadays, but we don't really look at them. And and I noticed like as my son was getting older, I was never going back and looking at old photos. We were just taking them and they're just going somewhere. So the system I created was four steps. Import, organize, backup, and enjoy. And so I, I accomplished that. Like the first thing you've got to do, Mike, is you've got to get these off of your phone. Like you, there's just it's not a long term solution to have seven gigabytes of photos on your phone. I mean, what what's I mean, what are you doing here? Like, do you have no apps, no music? I mean, do you, what what size phone do you have? Uh, I've got a thirty two. So. I, it's just not a long-term solution. Like, so, do you have them backed up anywhere else other than iCloud? No. Like, they're not on your computer. Then, well, um, not typically. I did pull them off um, a couple of days ago because I knew that we that I was going to be doing something with them very soon. But it's not something that I have done previously or would do again. You know, or would have done anyway. So the the first thing I would do is you've got two options to get them off. You can either use image capture on the Mac 
it's an app. I think it's a new utilities folder. It may just be in the in the the root applications folder. Yeah, that was what I, that was what I did use actually. Yeah, it, and what that allows you is quickly get them off, but also quickly delete them. You can do like Command A and hit the delete button. Or, you know, and, long, and after you kind of get that big initial dump uh, taken care of, you can even use like the Dropbox app to auto-upload your camera roll to Dropbox. Have you heard of Dropbox before, Mike? You have, <laughs> what you is have this, a, what you is have this a, joke box of which you speak? I mean, because when you talk about like having seven gigabytes of photos, I, I just, you know, just I don't just want to assume that, we, that we're talking the same language. So you, do you have a Dropbox account? Yes, sir. I do. Okay. You know, when do I you, invite you onto my podcast, you don't have to be so mean. Well, <laughs> I Stephen told me I should. <laughs> he texted me early. He said just he said just rattle Mike a little Fair bit. Fair enough. So so you can use Dropbox and use like the camera upload feature. And what I like about using Dropbox is that you can do it from the phone. Now I have a Dropbox premium account. And so I actually have my entire photo library inside of Dropbox. And so I can actually like upload them and then organize them on my phone, which is great. Uh, I don't know if you pay for the, uh, the premium account, Mike. Do you have the free one or do you have the paid one? I have the free one, but I have a lot of storage. What, what's a lot? 78 gigabytes. Holy you have cow. Se- How do you have 78 for free? Like, I have 28 free, and I- do you know someone at Dropbox or something? Is that how that works? No, I took advantage of a, a deal they were doing once. It- it's a long story, but I kind of played the system a, a tad. What does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, we got time to talk about this. I mean, like, what do you mean 78 gigabytes? So, well, actually, there's two reasons. Um, one, with... An Android phone, I think, that I owned once you got extra space given Probably to you. Probably for like two years, though, right? Like that's going to go yeah, away. Yeah, but I had like 50 before that. Um, the, do you remember when... This is gonna, this is so ironic. Do you remember when Dropbox um, first added their photo sharing uh, yeah. capability? If for people that got in early, they would give you additional space if you uploaded images... So I uploaded my entire photo library, <laughs> got the extra space, and then deleted the photo. <laughs> so things were on Dropbox. You took a step backwards. I mean, you like so you know what to do here. Yeah, but I also mean, what I was doing was because uh, oh, it's so bad. I was taking like long videos of just nothing and just uploading them and taking the space. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't do that too to get the free space, but... But he left him there. Right. It's just like you were so close. So anyways, you got to get them off of your phone. And I, and I understand like the, the ability to access them via the cloud. Like I get that because I, I wanted that too, and I do that. Uh, so, But we've got to get them off of your phone because although I would love to see Apple make like the baseline iPhone, a 128-gigabyte iPhone... We've been rocking this 16 and 32 and 64 uh, window for a few years now, so maybe one day. So you got to get them off your phone, and we got to delete them. Now, what sort of organizational system do you have, Mike? Like, what would you say that you do with your photos? They live on my iPhone. (laughs) All right, (laughs) (laughs) that's it. They're in the photo. They're in the camera roll. That so that doesn't work. Like, Mike, you, you don't have kids, do you? No, I don't know. Hmm. So, like, the difference um, between, like, like our generation, like, we're all about the same age, and, like, our parents' generation is that our parents took photos of events. 
And so, like how, like how I take photos with my Nikon, like at birthday parties and Christmas. That's all our parents did. Like, so you just had you just had events. Like, you didn't have anything else. But I'm going to take 15 photos today of my kids. And so you need a system that handles those kind of like daily photos that you just take. Like your kids are cute and you're taking pictures of your girlfriend or your wife or your spouse or whatever. You need a system to handle those. And, and like, you just can't call them like your Tuesday folder. Like you got to have a system that you can just dump stuff into. And so my recommendation is to avoid iPhoto and Aperture and all those programs like the plague. Because you know, we all have good intentions of like editing all of our photos, but we don't because we're taking too many. So what I recommend you do, and this is all in my book, and Mike, I'm going to give you a free copy of I my own, book. I own your book. Oh, that's right. You did buy it. So, so if <laughs> How many copies right? did you buy, Mike? Did you buy like a thousand copies and put them in Dropbox? No, I keep them all on iCloud. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, that's good to know. So have you read the the book yet? It was like, it was like twenty pages. Have you have you read it yet? No. It was you were on a pages. plane. You, you, you were on a plane do- for like thirty seven hours this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So here's the here's my organizational method. You create. You have like a pictures folder in the Finder. Uh huh. And and the reason I put them in the Finder is because we want a system that scales up to when Mike is fifty. So Mike, you're what twenty five now? Yeah. Twenty six. Twenty five. So we want a system that scales for the next twenty five years. So you're going to make a 2013 folder. Inside of that 2013 folder, you're going to make one that says 2013-09. And any f- picture you take in September of 2013 goes in that folder. Now, Mike, you were just at a conference, right? Yes. What was the name of that conference? XOXO. So you're also going to make one that says 2013-09 space XOXO. Space Gossip Girl. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I don't get this. What is wrong the, with you guys watching Gossip Girl? Oh, well, my, what is wrong with us? My wife watched it. I didn't watch that. So how do you know the intricacies it. of this reference that people keep throwing at me? Because it's a tr- it's like a trademark of the show. Like, so it's, it's like, like if I girl. say, I am the danger and I am the one who knocks. Yeah. Like, you, you guys all know what that means. Yeah, because we all watch that show. Well, my wife watches this show, and I overheard it in the background while I was, you know, working oh, no, with no, my tools. No, no, no. I watch the show myself. I love it. <laughs> Mike, what has happened to the show? <laughs> you can, you guys can't laugh at me. I mean, Mike is uploading empty videos to Dropbox. Bit <laughs> 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 taken, Federico. Like, you know, Mike, Mike's. Mike, and I also want to tell you that we're actually kicking you off the show. And oh, I'm gonna be, the prerequisite is you must have control of your photo library to be a, a host. So you've got one week to figure this thing out. So anyways. Why, so, do, why do I need to have it in the finder, though? Like, because you because something like iPhoto does not scale for the next 25 oh, years of your life. But I can put it... You, you, it's okay for me to put this in Dropbox, though, right? Well, well, I mean, is Dropbox not the finder? I mean, you've used Dropbox. Yeah, well, right? I'm just checking because... I obviously don't work in you guys' ways, so I mean, yes, yes, it is in the finder, but I'm going to be uploading them straight from my phone. That's fine. That's fine. So so here's why I really like like Dropbox. We've talked about this before, but you get a local copy and and you get a cloud copy, and so because it's completely local, my photos are on my time machine drives and my offsite backups and my crash plans, as well as Dropbox, and so you kind of get the best of both worlds with it. Um, You know, there's the problem is now though. I have a 250 gigabyte SSD MacBook Pro, 
So Buy I'm now going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you only have seven gigs of photos. Yeah, but I have at the moment thirteen gigabytes of available space. <laughs> what is on your computer? Oh, I can take off all the movies that I just bought on there for my trip. Well, and there's a section in my book uh, about dealing with your situation where they're on a you could put them on an external drive and how to back them up. Now, again, if you want to keep if you can keep them in Dropbox currently, like that's awesome because that allows you to do to do all your organization from iOS, which I love. But if you if you have to kind of have a, you know, if you want to just keep the current month in Dropbox and move your kind of archive to an external fault or an external drive, uh, you can use something like Crash Plan or Backblaze to actually back those up. And so you can, you know, I would recommend you have it maybe two external drives so you can have two local copies and then just use Crash Plan because it'll back up um, external drives. Okay. So, again, so the reason, going back to the XOXO, when you have events like that, they deserve their own folder. So, again, you do 2013-09 space XOXO. All your photos from that event go in there. Because, again, we do still have events in our life. So, when it's Christmas time, you can have 2013-12-Christmas at Stevens. And so, like, when you have your party at Stevens' house for Christmas and you give him the gold iPad that you bought for him... Mm-hmm. You can have pictures for that event there, and so you can reference those. But the ones you take just in December in general, like of snow in England and you drinking lattes, those could go in a 2013-12 folder. Because, again, understanding like what's happening here with photos is we're going to a place where photos are so a part of our daily lives that you need a system that's not built around events. So you just want to dump them in a month. And if you wanted to get tricky, you could do like a week, but my life's not that exciting. I know yours yours might be because you're going to Gossip Girl conferences. But So what about the photos that I've already got? So I need to go through and organize them now, though, right? Right, right. Yeah, you want to get those like you you know you should have like the 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 taken date and you just want to get them quickly organized. And I know that's probably a lot. And so set and and do like a batch. Like do like Sam will do 50 photos a night. Okay. And just don't try to do it all in one day, like because that's going to be overwhelming. Just say, I'm going to start. I'm going to do 50 photos a night or a week until you kind of take care of it. But then you've got to get a system to, to kind of keep doing that. So you've got to make it a regular habit to like get them off your phone and get them organized. Um, now I trust you're doing the good backups, like the crash plans, the time machines, the back blazes. You're doing all that with your computer already, right? That's a that's a different show, Bradley. <laughs> I'm just, well, let me just say, I'm going to assume you're doing that. Okay. So for, you, just, you, I'm going to you should assume, assume that. So I'm going to assume that. So the last step is enjoyment and the cloud. You need to sign up for EverPix. EverPix will cost you 50 bucks a year. And if you don't want to pay pay for it, I will PayPal you $50. No. Now that will probably... I know, I'm sure that Mike will find the solution to get some free space. Probably so. Because <laughs> they do have a solution to get like extra space for free. So hey, Mike... Yeah. Yeah, so EverPix, what it is, is basically imagine like iTunes Match for your photos. You upload them to them, and what I do is I have the the Mac application watching a folder on my computer that has my photos. So when it sees new photos, it just sucks them up. And so the app, you can stream them all from the uh, from the app on the iPad or the iPhone. And so we were at the hospital with my newborn son um, back in July. Someone said, hey, what did Sawyer, my oldest son, look like when he was born? So I whipped out every pics, pulled up the 2010 area, found a picture of him in the hospital, and said, here you go. Mike, you couldn't do that because you're going to outgrow your iPhone. And I can do that because of Everpix. Okay. 
I'm going to sign up for Everpix right Everpix now. is Apple just needs to buy Everpix. Like that's what Apple should build is is a solution like Everpix. Now Everpix can upload straight from your camera roll. But the reason I don't want you to do that, Mike, is because I want you to have a local copy on your computer as well. Okay. How does it work on iOS 7, Bradley, the, the Everpix app? It um, it's not been like kind of optimized the mm-hmm. the look of it for iOS seven, but it works. It's still very functional, and I don't mm-hmm. use all of the features in terms of I don't print them from Everpix, which you can do. I basically use it as a consumption device to basically just browse my photos. And one of the things they do that I absolutely love is they have a daily flashbacks email where they will pick a random day from your timeline and send you an email with those photos. And so that's really to me the enjoyment aspect because. It's sending you random photos from like my my kids' lives, and I look at it and think, "Oh, that's a cute picture," and then forward it to my wife, and we can talk about the memories. And I wouldn't ha- I didn't have that before because we never went back and browsed our photos. So, Bradley, what what else do I need to do? That's like, it. That's just, it. Just do that, but you have to do it continually. Like it's got to be a priority, and like. You've got to take care of your photos just like you do your music library, your your music library. They need they need TLC. They need some like just some care and you need to organize them because I'm telling you this problem is only going to get worse. So if you don't deal with it now, in 2 years it's going to be worse. 2 years from there it's going to be worse. So you've got to start today, you know, in 2013 and just get control, get them organized and it's and just go with the system. And even if you don't do it every day, like once a week, make it a habit, get my photos off my phone, get them into the right folders and let Everpick suck them up and then you can view the, every photo you have from your phone with no local storage. Like Everpix um, has a cache on my phone of 250 megabytes. I have 60 gigabytes of photos available to me at any time. Okay, right. What I'm going to do I now have all of my pictures on my on my Mac here on my desktop. I'm going to start uploading my current camera roll to Dropbox. Once that is done, I will be deleting all of my pictures from my iPhone and then I will work from there that, with the rest. That's a great first step. And again, don't get overwhelmed. Just do like a few at a time. Like make it maybe when you're sitting around, you know, at night watching Breaking Bad reruns. Say I'm going to do 50 photos tonight. Okay. Okay, Bradley, you've changed my life. We believe in you, Mike. Thank you. So tell people where they can find you if they want to get all these awesome tips and more. Uh, my website is chambersdaily.com, and I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Bradley Chambers, and on my website there are links to both my Evernote and photo management books. Thank you, Bradley. We're going to let thanks. you go, and we're going to carry on with the rest of the show. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. See you, buddy. So, that is it for today's episode, gentlemen. We've it's been a it's been an emotional roller coaster today. I think <laughs> yeah. is is maybe the best way to put it. But it's been a great episode, of course. So, if you want to catch up with us online, you can do that in a bunch of ways. Don't forget that we have a, a Twitter account and an app.net account for the show, which is underscore the prompt. If you have feedback for the show, you can do that. I'm sure people will have lots of feedback today. That's a good way to do it. Twitter really is the best way to give us feedback, I think. Um, I think that that is best. If you want to send something long, then write it on your blog and send us a link. I think that's better. I I try to stay away from email for feedback. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. I like getting uh, letters in the mail or or like a... 
pajama grams. I'll make house. sure that your address is in the show notes. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> you can put mine. Okay, I do have it. So <laughs> it's I'll expensive it. to mail you things. Yeah, people won't do it. <laughs> Although there'll be some like Italian person now that just shows up on your doorstep. So. Okay, it's fine. We can deal with that. Um, so if you want to catch up with us individually, there are a bunch of ways that you can do that, though. So Stephen writes his own website at 512pixels.net, and he is at ISMH on all of the social networks that you would care to find him on. Federico writes at maxstories.net, and he is at Vitici on Twitter. That's V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, also on social networking sites. We'll be back next week, will we not, gentlemen? That's the plan. Hopefully, yeah. if 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 the world wants to, we'll be back. And I'm sure that we will be back then. So yeah. thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. Until next time, goodbye. Arrivederci. Adios.